Welcome to the Super Psych Podcast, a podcast for psychoanalyzing superheroes and more. I'm Heather Ness, and today I'll be dusting off an older episode on Miles Morales in honor of the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse film. You can also read my post on the film on superpsych.com. Enjoy! Hey guys, it's Heather from Psychology of Superheroes. Today we're going to be uh, talking about uh, Miles Morales, one of the Spider-Men. I got this recommendation by Tumblr user ABC0796. I'm going to guess that's a birthday. But anyways, you recommended Miles Morales and I thought that was a great idea. One, because I, my, like I've already mentioned, my favorite superhero is Spider-Man. But when I say that, I'm talking about Peter Parker. Uh, so when you gave me this recommendation, I had never read anything about Miles Morales. Or I haven't read any content I've read about him. Um, and so I was super interested. I was like, let me check this out. See if he's his own character, which I was hoping that he would be, like his own person. Or if it was just going to be kind of like Peter Parker, but a black guy. So let's dive right in. First of all, when I'm going to be talking about Miles Morales, I'm talking specifically the comics that I looked at were the Ultimate Comics Spider-Man from 2011. Uh, that's because that was the first time that Miles Morales showed up. It's kind of an alternate universe, um, but then he comes over into our universe, I suppose. I haven't read that series yet. But anyways, I'm going to be focusing on uh, these issues because it tells his origin story, and I thought that was the best way, one, to introduce myself to the character, but also to get just like an overall uh, impression of his personality and what's going on with him specifically. So in the first issue that he comes up, he's this uh, 13-year-old, and he's going with his parents into this lottery for this charter school. It's a, I think it's called, it's Brooklyn's Visions Academy. So this is supposed to be the super great uh, charter school, I guess, is the impression that they give you. I would say there's hundreds of kids there at this lottery, and only three get picked, and Miles is one of the three which is awesome, like his parents are flipping out over it. But Miles actually feels a lot of guilt when he gets chosen to be in this charter school. Even though he really wanted it, he feels guilt because there's all these other kids uh, who can't go now. By getting into the school, he takes that opportunity away from somebody else. So he has some like mixed emotions about this. He's happy that he got in, uh, but he's also, he's also feeling guilty. And we're gonna see that theme a lot as we talk about Miles. Uh, this feeling of guilt or that he is to blame. So after he gets into this school, he goes and he visits his uncle Aaron, who we already kind of see in issue one. He's the sketchy guy, um, but we don't know exactly what all's going on with him yet. But this is where Miles is bitten by an experimental spider. So he gets his powers the same way as Peter Parker through you know a spider bite. His dad shows up at his uncle Aaron's, and we find out you know. Miles isn't really supposed to be interacting with his uncle, but they have this relationship, so he sees him secretly, he doesn't let his parents know about it. But his dad shows up, and Miles runs away. And he's having some emotions here because he loves both of these men. His, he has a good relationship with his dad, he has a good relationship with his uncle, but those two men are also in conflict with each other. So he's having some emotions seeing this conflict, and at the end of the issue, Miles turns invisible. So that's one of the first powers we see from Miles. 
one thing that I super liked about this, and like I mentioned, I wanted to know, does, is Miles his own, is he his own man, or is he just a play off of Peter Parker? His, a lot of his powers are very much different from Peter Parker's Spider-Man, and I thought that was an awesome choice. And then first one of them being like this, like a spider camouflage sort of thing, he can turn invisible. So his first, Miles' first reaction to getting powers is he does not want it. He is upset. He turns invisible and he's freaking out. Which, I mean, I guess I would be too. But then after I settle down for a little bit, I'd be like, bro, I can turn invisible. This is awesome. Can I do anything else? I don't know. But he doesn't want it. He um, makes that perfectly clear. He runs to his best friend Genki's house. And Genki, this is the character who's being ripped off by Spider-Man Homecoming. And if you keep up with these uh, news things from the different movies, these little updates... That's kind of been something that people have been saying that they're ripping off Miles Morales, giving his storyline to Peter Parker. And there's also been a lot of response to that. And one is this character in Spider-Man Homecoming, who is, he is essentially the character Genki from Miles Morales. He's actually supposed to be Ned Leeds in Spider-Man Homecoming. And I'm like, I hear you, you renamed him, but you've taken the same character and you're just calling him something different. But anyways, so Genki, character ripped off, um, is his best friend, is Miles' best friend. He tells him immediately, like, he's not about this, let me hide these newfound superpowers from my best friend. I can't possibly let him know. Like, no, he goes to his house and he's like, dude, I'm, I'm invisible now. I got bit by a spider. Something's going on. But Genki, uh, he assumes that Miles is a mutant. And when he uses the word mutant, I guess uh, in this universe... You know, you have the mutants as in the X-Men and they're being discriminated against. I'm not sure if they're being hunted down so much yet at this point in this storyline. But people don't have a favorable opinion of mutants or X-Men. So when Genki says, hey, I think you're a mutant, Miles is like, I don't want this. And Genki's like, this is totally cool. You have superpowers. How awesome is that? And Miles is going, it's not cool to end up in a military concentration camp or something. I'm scared out of my mind. So he's, he gets this, these new powers, maybe a new identity. Is he a mutant? What's going on with him? And Genki's like, this is super cool. But Miles is realizing this is, this is a package that might come with some negative consequences. And he's focusing on that. And also, like, later on, he's talking with his dad. And his dad makes some um, anti-mutant comments. Not knowing that Miles also, at this point, thinks that he's a mutant. So when I'm reading this, I was kind of like, oh, it's kind of like a young person. And Miles was 13 at this time. Who's growing up and discovering themselves starting to maybe suspect that they are um, gay and they haven't told their parents yet because they're still trying to figure it out maybe but they hear their parents saying these anti-gay things homophobic things um, and it makes them not want to come out to them but Genki does his research and he tells them that he's not a mutant uh, since he was bit by a spider and it's actually he does the research and finds out that's how Peter Parker got his powers as well but even though he knows longer things that he's a mutant, Miles is still responding, oh no, to these powers. He doesn't want it. He wants to be normal. You know, he just got into the school. He just wants to do his good student thing and not have all of these complications. So later, we, um, Miles and Genki see this woman is in a, is in a burning building and she needs to be saved. Uh, 
the firefighters can't get to her. And Genki's like, dude, you can get her. Climb up there. And Miles is like, um, people will see me. I'm over here thinking you can literally turn invisible, but okay. Uh, Genki's like, who cares though? If people can see him. He, it's really implied Genki saying, it doesn't matter what other people think. It's your responsibility to do the right thing. And so he says, who cares? And Miles is like, you're right. So he goes, he saves the woman from the burning building. He saves another kid. And after all of this, after he saves these people, he's in an alleyway and he's throwing up. He still doesn't want to be a hero. He says to Genki, I'm not that guy. So he starts the charter school. You know, he's doing his thing. He has these powers, but he's focused on being a student. Until it's announced that Spider-Man has been shot. And so Miles sneaks out. He wants to see how Spider-Man is doing. And he actually sees Peter Parker die. And at this point, again, he blames himself. He uh, takes responsibility for Peter Parker's death, which is a lot to take on to yourself. Like he's 13 years old. He just sees this superhero who's not much older than him at this time, but he sees this other superhero die and he blames himself. He takes that responsibility on. He believes he should have helped him. He's like, I had these powers and I didn't do anything. So I thought of this, it's really much his his Uncle Ben moment. You know, that part of, of course you guys know this, that part of Peter Parker's origin story where he doesn't do anything even though he has these powers and the result of that is that somebody close to him dies. That with great power must also come responsibility moment so later he he goes to peter parker's funeral and i mean it's this big ordeal because this is when people find out that spider-man was this kid peter parker so a lot of people show up and at his funeral is gwen stacy he asks her why did why did peter become a hero and she tells him she tells him about the uncle ben moment about the power and the responsibility so this is when he starts he starts trying to be a hero uh, because because of Parker's death. So like it takes a few issues for him to warm up to his powers. Um, and in the meantime, while he's you know figuring out what exactly all he can do, he finds out that not only is his uncle Aaron a form of bad guy, but that his dad used to also be a bad guy. So at this point, Miles starts thinking like these two guys who I am related to. Um, that I'm getting my genes from and who I have looked up to my whole life have done things that, you know, they're not proud of and his uncle Aaron continues to do this. So he's worried that he'll also end up a bad guy because he takes after his father so much. So he's dealing with these these feelings of, is there a part of me that can turn into something dark? And I think it's, at this point, he is kind of still focusing on like a, an idea of the inevitable, if that makes sense, like that 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 becoming a bad guy is out of his control, and at this point, he hasn't taken a whole lot of ownership over his future yet. He's thinking that his genetics are going to take over, and less his own personal choice. So he's off. He's being Spider-Man. He's trying to figure this out, and his dad is always making comments about how much he dislikes this new Spider-Man. Well, not just Spider-Man, but basically anyone in a costume uh, who's trying to do good. He just kind of thinks of them as these freaks who need to let the, the police do their job. So, like, Miles is like, great, my own father hates me. But his mom, conversely, thinks that Spider-Man 
is really cool and that he's doing a lot of good for the city. So he kind of has like quietly is taking in these two different forms of encouragement. No encouragement from dad, but he's getting some support from his mom. So his uncle puts two and two together and figures out that Miles has these powers. So he starts blackmailing Miles in order to help him uh, with some jobs. And the thing is, it, it kind of works because Miles figures, well, I can't go to my dad because if he finds out that I'm Spider-Man, he'll hate me. And not only will he hate me, but he'll also kill his uncle for having responsibility in me becoming Spider-Man. His uncle is the one who had this engineered spider. But he also doesn't want to give up Spider-Man, but he also doesn't want to help his bad guy uncle. So for a 13 year old, he's trying to figure out quite the ethical dilemma on what he should be doing. And he doesn't feel like he could go to anyone else, that he's basically all on his own. So he, Uncle Aaron continues to manipulate Miles and says, you know, that he would tell his father that he's Spider-Man if he doesn't do what he says, and that if his father finds out, he'll never speak to him again. Obviously, Uncle Aaron doesn't actually care about Miles or else he wouldn't be using that against him. You know, Miles is this 13 year old kid who used to look up to you and now you're just telling him that his, you're reinforcing this idea that his father will hate him and not accept him. So he's only 13, he's trying to figure this out. He doesn't even feel like he can tell anyone. He thinks that his uh, problems are just too inconsequential for even the Avengers. And at this point, he's not even talking to his best friend about it. Genki doesn't know, he's just holding this all inside. So eventually he agrees to help Uncle Aaron take down this bad guy. Aaron kind of convinces him that what I'm trying to do is wrong, but it's going to take down this other guy who's doing even more wrong. So in the grand scheme of things, you're actually doing good. I kind of confused myself in that logic, but that's exactly what Aaron's doing here. So he agrees to have him take down this other ba bad guy. And even though uncle was like, you do this one thing and then I'll leave you alone. After they take down this bad guy, he's continuing to blackmail him. So Miles is like, all right, there's no way I'm gonna get out of this if I try and figure this out myself. He decides to tell his parent, and Genki's like, ah, do you really want to do that because secret identities and all of that? I guess that's, that's really his only reason. But Miles is like, yeah, I'm supposed to be a good person. That's the point. I'm not supposed to be hiding from my mom and dad about something that I'm doing that's actually good. And I sure shouldn't be letting a guy like my uncle try to blackmail and bully me. Which is a pretty uh, mature line of reasoning for a 13 year old. Um, yeah, he's, he's figuring out, you know, I need to be honest with my parents. But despite this line of reasoning, he doesn't actually. He's on his way to tell his parents, um, and Uncle Aaron kind of intercepts him. So instead, he, he tells his uncle to leave him alone. And his uncle's like, if your dad would have slapped you around some, you'd probably be more of a man by now anyway. So there's, there's a lot of different forms of manipulation that Uncle Aaron uh, is using to try and get Miles over to his side. So like using these one really weird definitions of masculinity, one that his dad should have been a better dad and that equates to slapping your kid around, which it doesn't, and that somehow you're more of a man if you've been abused. Um, okay, so he's trying to make him feel awful about himself, but it doesn't really work. But instead of going with his original plan of just telling his parents, Miles finds him in a situation where he's fighting his uncle. And in this fight, 
his uncle actually dies. And he dies, it's kind of confusing in the comics. Uh, it's not Miles' fault. Uh, his uncle has uh, some equipment that he got and it's like a costume kind of equipment and it malfunctions and that's the cause of his death. But the way that it appears to Miles makes him think that maybe he caused it, especially his uncle's dying words are, you're just like me, implying that he is also a bad guy or even a killer and that Miles caused his death. Even in the next day in the news, it's saying that Spider-Man killed Aaron and even the you know, Miles' dad blamed Spider-Man for his brother's death. So not only is Miles dealing with grief, because he was he was close to his uncle, he did actually care about him. Uh, he spent 13 years of his life looking up to him and having a relationship. So not only is he dealing with grief, he's also dealing with enormous guilt. And he says, I should never wear this mask again. I'm not good enough to use his powers referring to Peter Parker. So he's ready to give up at this point. You know, he's blaming himself. Again, the reluctant superhero. So afterwards, he meets up with Peter Parker's Aunt May and Gwen Stacy. And Aunt May is trying to support Miles by giving him Peter's web shooters. She wants to try to help him be a better superhero. But at this super secret meeting between Aunt May and Gwen Stacy and Miles, Captain America shows up. And Captain America is dealing with his own guilt about Peter's death. And he shows up and says that Miles shouldn't be Spider-Man. And then also at this super secret meeting, Mary Jane shows up. So I don't know how everybody got like invited to this thing, but they're all there and Captain America is trying to kind of commandeer the decision making here and just like put his foot down and say, Miles shouldn't be Spider-Man. But like, I don't know who made him the superhero police, but Aunt May gives him the web shooters anyways and tells him, don't do what Peter would do. Do what Miles Morales would do. And unfortunately, this is great advice, but I don't know how much Miles takes this because it seems to me throughout the series, he kind of puts Peter Parker up on a pedestal, which I mean, it's kind of understandable. He never met him. He just knew that he was, you know, the original Spider-Man and kind of puts him up as the standard that he should meet. He didn't really get to get to know Peter as, you know, just a high school teenager with his own problems and his own faults. Miles didn't see that part. So it's easy for him to set up Peter as some kind of idol. So I would say that he kind of, he doesn't necessarily take Aunt May's great advice to heart. He does try to do what Peter would do. And a lot of reason why he's so down on himself is because Miles doesn't think that he meets up to his imagined standard of what Peter would do. But anyways, uh, Miles finds out that he didn't actually kill his uncle. Phew. So that's one less thing that I guess he's that he can blame himself for. So during during this part of uh, the series, and we're, we're kind of like in issue 15 and 16 at this point, some stuff goes down in this alternate universe with Hydra and I don't know, Captain America becomes the president, different parts of the country isn't part of the country anymore. But during all of this, Hydra stuff, Hydra's in New York and you're kind of led to believe that Miles' dad starts fighting for Hydra while Miles is off fighting against Hydra with the Ultimates. That's what you're led to believe. But you find out that his dad actually shot Hydra fighters at the same time that Miles helped save Captain America's life. So later Miles finds out that his dad fought these Hydra soldiers just like he did. And of course his dad still doesn't know that 
know, he's off being Spider-Man. And he thinks it's insanely cool. His dad, however, is not. It's something that is helping him be, it's, it makes him more ashamed of himself because he's reminded of his criminal life. So, Miles is trying to connect to dad here because he's like, I'm off being a good guy trying to fight the bad guys. My dad is also doing that. And it's not said, but maybe Miles is thinking because dad did this and he fought Hydra, just like I did, maybe he's going to feel more favorable about these costume heroes. It's not stated, and I'm just really kind of assuming and extrapolating here. That's Miles's uh, thought process, uh, but it makes sense to me. But regardless of while of you know, if Miles is actually thinking that his dad doesn't take that kind of perspective. He's not proud of himself for fighting Hydra, and he's certainly not gained a more favorable perspective of costumed heroes. So we got Hydra out of the way, sort of, and for now, and this Venom type thing, it's not the Venom, but it's a Venom type thing, comes out next, and he thinks that Miles's dad is actually Spider-Man. He doesn't think that it's Miles, the 13-year-old kid. He thinks it's Jefferson, this grown man. So he comes to Miles's house, and his dad actually gets hurt and is rushed to the hospital. And again, oh, this poor kid, like, Miles, you break my heart. Again, he's thinking it's my fault. And later, Miles says, with great power comes great responsibility. It's what Peter Parker used to say. Again, holding Peter Parker up on the pedestal. It's why he was Spider-Man. But a day like this, I think it's the reason I'm not supposed to be Spider-Man. This guy is so hard on himself. He sets Peter up as this, I don't know, it's, it's an unattainable idol or standard. So he's... He's at home talking with Genki. His mom has gone to the hospital with his dad and he's just, you know, having these negative thoughts and just blaming himself. Genki's trying to help him out. He starts talking about when his dad died and when he was taken to the hospital, how there's nothing for them to do. They can't act. They just have to wait and, you know, hope for the best. But blaming yourself or thinking that there was something that you could have done when there wasn't doesn't help anybody. But Miles isn't really taking this in, but, you know, Genki's an awesome friend. You know, at least for trying. So, Maria Hill, I think that's who it is in this series. I think that I mentioned her, but this S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, who, it, if she isn't Maria Hill, she looks an awful lot like her. But she knows that, that Miles is Spider-Man. She just, I don't know, decides to show up at his house, I guess, and kind of interrogate him. So he goes through this ethical dilemma about whether or not to, tr to tell her, and he tries lying. Uh, but Miles isn't a great liar. Want to support more Super Psych content? Head over to patreon.com forward slash superpsych and become a monthly subscriber. Every podcast and blog post will always be free, but for exclusive content, check out the different hero tiers. You get cool rewards and you help me keep putting out episodes and traveling to conventions. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash super underscore psych. Now let's get back to the comics. And she tells him, you know, don't go and fight Venom. Uh, he's too much for him. But he does it anyway, because you really can't tell Miles nothing. So he goes to the hospital where his dad is. He knows that Venom is after his dad. He tries to fight him. At this point, his Miles' mom figures out that Miles is Spider-Man. And she takes a gun, I guess dropped by a police officer, and tries to shoot Venom. Miles eventually takes care of Venom or whatever, but the police officers are shooting at this guy who was overcome by the Venom symbiote. Anyways, his mom is killed by a stray bullet from the police officers. So she is dying in Miles's arms and she sees him with kind of like his mask half torn and she says to him, look at you, look at what you can do. Baby, don't ever let him know 
don't ever let your father and then she dies in his arms so what first of all tragic but also what what a thing to say to your kids like you have these amazing powers but you're really reinforcing this idea that dad's not going to take this so well so it's kind of like if you want to go back to this idea of kind of like a gay teenager and they're debating about whether or not to tell their parents it's kind of like well mom would have been fine with it but don't tell your father your dad is the one who's going to blow up so his mom dies in his arms because of a stray bullet from a police officer like there's nothing that miles did to cause her death but the next day, Miles rips up his Spider-Man suit and he cries no more over and over. He's done with it. Again, again, Miles takes full responsibility for this. He's feeling such guilt because of his mother's death. Not just grief, not just, you know, this happened and I'm sad about it. I'm grieving for the loss of my mother, but he's, he's blaming the loss of his mother on himself. So in the next issue, issue number 12, 23. It's a cover really reminiscent of Peter Parker's Spider-Man No More from the Amazing Spider-Man storyline uh, years ago. So remember, Miles, he's the reluctant hero from day one. He didn't want these powers. So after his mom's death, he is ready. He gives it up completely. So in issue 23 is a year later. Miles has been doing well in school. He now has a girlfriend, Katie, who is also ripped off in Spider-Man Homecoming, whatever. And he's debating about whether or not to tell her about previously being Spider-Man but his he's pretty adamant in his decision he's not going to become Spider-Man again this wasn't a vacation this is me I'm done I quit so his best friend Genki and the Spider-Woman from the Ultimates is trying to convince him to re-become Spider-Man they're like you know you had some time off and it's very understandable that you did because of your mother's death but you have these powers okay the great power is still there so therefore the great responsibility is also still there and it's been a year later but you could really tell that miles the switch from 13 to 14 has caused him maturity he's older he's using language now before he might not have said some of the words that he says now that he's 14 and it's a year later and he's still he's still actively grieving over his mother he hasn't gotten past this yet he's still angry at himself I wouldn't necessarily say depressed. I would definitely say anger. He's upset. His mom dies. It died and he, he blames himself. So he comes home from the school for the weekend. He wants to hang out with his dad and they're out to eat. And dad low-key brings up the possibility that Genki and Miles are gay and said that his mom suspected. And I just thought this was funny because dad, Miles' dad is totally chill with this. He's like, are you two together? Maybe it would make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't seem to care. But if he was Spider-Man, whoa, that would be that would be a bad thing and it's kind of funny because it's kind of like a twist on a lot of parents like a reality like maybe they would rather their kid be spider-man than be gay but anyways i just thought it was kind of funny that he was he was so low-key about it but miles denies it i don't think miles is actually gay i just whenever i bring it up i think of it more in a metaphor sort of way so he sees miles sees gwen at this restaurant and she's trying to also reach out and relate to him and you know tell in the same way that genki did tells him you know that her dad also died and she's trying to relate and not only did her dad die and that she's grieving over it but he died through spider-man related stuff so she's probably the person who would understand the most but so she's trying to understand she's trying to relate to him they're at this restaurant cloak and dagger show up with some other super and a restaurant's getting torn up so he could jump in and try to break up this fight that's going on, but Miles insists, I'm no longer Spider-Man. And he gets his dad out of there. And Gwen just slaps him 
across the face and she's angry she's pissed off she says peter parker died my father died just like your mother did you don't know what to do you get up you get up gwen is all about resilience she has had terrible things happen to her as well and her perspective is stuff happens that's life and you feel awful or terrible but the only option she allows for herself is to keep going but she also expects that of miles miles instead goes home and he kind of has this andrew garfield spider-man moment or he's in his bedroom staring at the Spider-Man mask. But instead of deciding to become a hero, at, again, at this moment, he says, no more, please. He doesn't want the loss. He doesn't want the heartbreak and all the guilt that being a superhero comes with. I don't think he could take it for anymore at this point. It's, it's too much for him. So in the next issue, Jessica Drew or Spider-Woman is able to somehow talk Miles back into being Spider-Man. And I'm not really sure why she was able to get through to Miles more so than say Genki or Gwen. Except that if you notice, Genki and Gwen both are talking about responsibility and having to move on and go forward. Jessica talks about this is what Peter Parker would want you to do and that's what gets through to Miles. So I think even at this point it's not so much personally I don't think Miles is so much being a hero because he feels a calling for it. I think he's doing it because he has this idol that he relates to and he wants to be like him. So he goes back to being Spider-Man because as Jessica says makes the point it's what Peter would want. So he goes back to being Spider-Man. He's working with Spider-Woman to take down this bad guy. And again whenever like literally anything happens I I think Spider-Woman got tussled a little bit. Miles again blames himself. Oh my god, I should have been there for you. And she's like, I'm fine. Chill out. It's cool to see Miles working in a team. And you end up getting Spider-Man, Miles with Spider-Woman. And then you have Cloak and Dagger show up and that other super that they were fighting with. So there's the five of them, five of them in a team. And they're after this bad guy rocks on and they're ready to take him out. Because he's the one who is experimenting on people. There's the spider that caused Miles's powers. It's his fault that Cloak and Dagger had their powers and other people's. So at one point they go in and they're, they're trying to take out this guy Roxon and Roxon starts trying to verbally manipulate Miles trying to get to him by you mentioning his mother's death and Miles is really like you can't bring up his mom to him he's going to explode. He gets emotionally wild I guess is a way to say it but he's able to pull himself together and to do the right thing. Roxon really hits below the belt, but Miles doesn't cross a line. He's able to do the right thing, work as a team, and then turn this bad guy over to the authorities. But before he does that, Roxon tells Miles to ask his dad about who his dad used to be, implying that he was some kind of super villain. Uncle Aaron, before he died, was the Prowler, and Miles knows that. So through Roxon's implications, it makes it seem like his dad also used to be some kind of superpowered villain. So Miles is dealing with some mixed feelings about that and that don't get resolved in this series that's kind of left open-ended. So that takes us to issue 28 and at that point there's a different storyline that starts that I have not read but it ends the ultimate comic Spider-Man. Except for after this another storyline takes off and then they come back in issue number 200. So in between the story with Roxon and issue number 200 stuff goes down. I'm not gonna talk about that stuff. I'm just gonna head into 
at issue number 200, which is all just a memorial service for Peter Parker. It's a year after his death, and so people come together in Aunt May's house to remember Peter or to celebrate his life. Peter, or I'm sorry, Miles, feels a little odd since he didn't actually know Peter Parker. He just happens to be Spider-Man. So he's having some mixed feelings, but they all just sit around and talk about what they think Peter would have been like if he hadn't died. Obviously, Miles has kind of a different perspective of this because he didn't know Peter. So he, when he talks, he thinks about what could have been like working with Peter. And it's kind of like a, if you have an idol that you've never met, maybe it's like a celebrity or I don't know, somebody that you look up to that haven't ever met, but maybe like you read about or watch videos of, and you think about what would it be like to finally meet that person? And this person that you've you put up on a pedestal and have been idolizing. This is what Miles is doing. He's thinking about what would it have been like to actually work with Peter Parker, the original Spider-Man. He questions how things would have been different. Would Peter have actually been mad at him? for taking on this Spider-Man persona, I guess kind of ripping him off. Would he have been Peter's sidekick? Would he have had a different name? Because I guess they can't have two Spider-Man. How would Peter have accepted him? All, he has a lot of questions because he doesn't know Peter and what kind of person he is. So he can't make these assumptions, but he can wonder. But there's no way for him to get answers to these questions. So he's just left to fill in the blanks himself. And I think it's Gwen who has the idea, one way to celebrate Peter's life is to do something good. So let's do something good. Does anyone have any ideas? And it's Miles who figures out or who decides this is what Peter would want. And so they have all this leftover food at this memorial service from Tony Stark. And there's way more than what anybody, any of this group could possibly eat. And they decide to take it to a mission so that there's people who go hungry who can have something to eat. So at least at this point, and you know, Miles still has some character development to do some growing up to do, figuring out who he is himself as a hero. But at least he's able to think, this is what my hero, Peter Parker, would do in this situation, and then go on and be a hero from that. So at least he's able at this point, I think, to make really good decisions. I think at this point, and I don't know what happens in between issue number 28 and issue 200. I haven't read those yet. I'm hoping that at some, at some point in all of this, Miles learns to give himself more of a break, because you know at this point he's just like maybe almost 15, 15 or just like just barely. I don't know. He's still a young guy. He's a kid. Maybe give himself more of a break instead of taking responsibility for literally everything and blaming himself for everything. I hope that's where Miles gets to be. If not somewhere in between all these issues that I haven't read at some point in the future that he's able to maybe let himself be human even though he's a superhero and be That's able all to for this week. Himself. Find other podcast episodes on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And find blogs, videos, and events on superpsych.com.